If you have your Bibles this morning, I'll take your attention to 1 Corinthians. I'm going to begin with chapter 1, and I'll start with verse number 26 in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26, For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised hath God chosen. Yea, and the things which are not to bring to naught things which are. That no flesh should glory in his presence. I want to talk to you this morning for a little while about your calling, about your calling. The, the scripture teaches that he's calling men everywhere to repentance. We have all, we all have been called. But I want to talk to you this morning about your calling. What has God called you to be, not to do? to be. What has God called you to be? Father, help us this morning by your spirit and your might to speak your word with power. And I pray today, Lord, that as I speak your word that was anointed from the beginning of time, that every heart, every mind, every life in this room today may be impacted and touched by your word. We pray and ask these things in the lovely and wonderful and marvelous name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Turn to two or three people around you. Tell them I hope Pastor don't preach as long as he did Wednesday night. If I were to ask you to answer the question today, if I walked throughout the room and asked you to answer the question that I've chosen for subject matter, it would be interesting to hear the response of many of you in this room. It probably would be astounding. We would probably be shocked to hear some of the things that God has called some of you to be. Now, it's one thing for God to call you to do something, but I'm talking about to be. It's, there's, a, there's a difference here than doing and being, and, and I want to identify that up front because today I, I want to speak more to what God is calling us to be, what God is calling us to become, more than what God is calling us to do because here is what I've learned. A lot of people discover what God wants them to do, but they never become what they need to become to be able to do what God has called them to do. 
And so until they become what God is wanting them to become, they are hindered from doing what God wants them to do. So let's identify that off the start this morning that God has called many of you to do great exploits and to do incredible things in the kingdom of God. But before you'll ever be able to do that, we've got to first focus on what God is wanting us to be. And once we become what God is wanting us to become, then the avenue of, of doing will begin to open. So we, we often get, get order inverted and we start expecting God to open doors for us or to do things for us before we are becoming what God is wanting us to become. And if I ask you this morning, what is God wanting you to be now that I have defined the difference between being and doing, we perhaps would still have some marvelous responses to what God is wanting you to be. Some would perhaps say, God is wanting me to be a great soul winner. God is wanting me to be a great witness. God is wanting me to be a great prayer warrior. God is wanting me to... To, to be uh, an outstanding uh, witness in those that uh, to those that that I am associated with God is wanting me to be we probably would uh, without a little nudging uh, from this message this morning we probably would fail to recognize that God is wanting us to be godly and we probably wouldn't have initially jumped into this subject by saying God is wanting me to be righteous and God is wanting me to be holy. God is wanting me to be true. God is wanting me to be like Him. And so if I can uh, at the beginning here impress upon us that what God is wanting us to be may be so far uh, greater than what you and I ever anticipated because we often get caught up with what God is wanting us to do and fail to focus on what God is wanting us to be. Now, there are those today, of course, that may truly not even understand and may not know uh, what God is wanting them to be, uh, mainly because we're not seeking God. We're not asking God, what do you want us to be? Maybe we're not searching the Scripture. Maybe we're not... Uh, really asking God in prayer. We're not spending time saying, God, show me what you want me to be. That's why we still away in times of prayer and times of fasting because in these times of prayer and fasting, God is able to speak to us because we cut the noise of the world around us out so that we can focus and say, God, it's me and you now. Would you speak to me and would you give direction to me and would you tell me, Lord, what is it that you're wanting me to become? I'm, I'm, I, I will be what you want me to be. I will do what you want me to do. It's easy, yes, it's, it's very easy to sing the songs that, that we sing here. I, I will be what you want me to be. I'll say yes, Lord, I'll agree, my desire, but we don't live it out. Now, some don't know what to do, and some know what to do, but we, we don't want to do what we need to do. We don't, need, we don't want to be what God wants us to be because it calls us to, 
to sacrifice. We often refuse to be what God wants us to be because we are not willing to pay the price. You know we live in a world of shortcuts. You know, sometimes I'm working on the computer and I'm doing something and Cheryl will walk into the office and she'll watch me and she'll get frustrated watching me do it and she'll say, you know, there's a shortcut to that. And I'll say, don't you have something to do in your own office? And she'll say, look, look how easy. And I'll say, do that in slow motion. We all look for shortcuts, and and there's times when shortcuts and business and life and some things that we can do. Sure, let's let's find ways and doing jobs easier and doing work easier. And uh, I I'm I'm all about that. Let's uh, let's find every shortcut we can. But in life, in real life, uh, there's really no shortcuts that we really can take. Uh, there's things we can do that that extends the time. Uh, and, and the process perhaps, but really there is a price we have to pay if we're going to be what God wants us to be. I, I made a little something in my, note in, in my notes this morning. If you're a note taker, maybe you'll want to take notice of what I'm about to say because there is a price and a process before every promise. And we must be willing to pay the price and go through the process if we're going to ever reach the promise. And if we're going to reach the promise of what God has called us to be, then we're going to have to be willing to endure the process and pay the price. Let me ask it to you this way today, if I may. What, what would you do or what would you be if you had nothing at all that limited you? What if all the limits were off and you absolutely did not have to consider any constraints? You had all the time you needed, all the money you needed, all the patience you needed. Well, we would all be millionaires. What would you be if there was nothing to limit you? If, if, if this morning, if I could do one thing in this message, if I could inspire somebody by the things I'm going to say this morning to remove the limits on your thinking, to remove the limits and to recognize that you can do anything you want to be, uh, do and be anything you want to be. Now, it, I, I, when I talk to our youth, I often uh, remind them of this and I tell them, don't allow anybody to define who you are. You can be anybody you want to be. It doesn't matter what your last name is. And it doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter what your experience is in life or you can become whatever you want to become and do whatever you want to do. But when we, when we reach adult age like most of us are this morning, I know some don't act it, but when we reach adult age, and here we are today, it's real easy to get caught into the trap of, that. well, I've pretty much become what I'm going to become. 
and we stop growing. We stop reaching. And we stop trying to be more and do more and accomplish more. And we become satisfied with who we are, where we are, how we are. And so we, we have to, to stop this morning and, and think, what, what would I do for God? What would I be for God if nothing limited me? If time was not a limiter, I don't know about, about you, but for me, uh, often uh, I find myself running out of time. Am I alone in this today? I run out of time. I seem to not be able to do everything that needs to be done. I often tell my wife, I, I don't know how I can find another hour in a day. And I've tried to organize. I've even paid big money to go to seminars on time management. It does no good. I have purchased great computer programs. I have downloaded all the apps. I've done everything possible to try to become better at time management. And, and time is one of the greatest limiters, particularly of adults. Time becomes limiters. We don't have enough time to, to do what we, what we need to do. And then there's another limiter that we run into in our house, and thank God that none of you here have to deal with the limit of money. But in our house, we often find that, man, I would like to do a lot of things and be a lot of things, but we're limited. And so we become satisfied or we become maybe willing to accept being what we are, who we are, where we are, how we are. And so I say, okay, this is just the way life is going to be. Is everybody asleep or are you with me this morning? You know, these blinding lights up here, I can't see. So I have to have big head nods and loud amens. So if we're going to, to be what God wants us to be, we have to be willing to pay the price and go through the process before we ever reach the promise. So if nothing limited us, if, if we had all the time and all the money, which is the price, the time, the money. Then we have to go through the process, and that is the endurance. This is patience. If we had all the patience that we needed, if we had all the endurance that we needed to be what God wants us to be, But in reality, the process is much broader because the process requires, requires so much. And this is where often our young people will, in particular, will try to make shortcuts. And, and many of us try to make shortcuts. I, I, I remember in my younger years that, that I even fell prey and was susceptible to a few of the get-rich-quick schemes. 
I'm sure none of you have ever fallen prey to those, but, you know, invest this $500 into Melaleuca. And you're going to be rich. And so I tried. That toothpaste is terrible. That tea tree oil stuff is just, uh. Nobody would buy it. They must have produced all this and tried to figure out a way to just get rid of it. We have to go through the process because there are no shortcuts. There's, it's, it's just the process that we have to go through. And, and the process, in order to be what God wants us to be, is developing some characters, some characteristics in our lives that we absolutely just must develop. We can try all the shortcuts that we want, but we have to develop some things in our lives that will help us to reach the promise. If we never de develop faithfulness in our lives, sometimes we say, well, God, why don't you just do this for me and this for me? If God listened to us and answered all of our prayers, we would all be a bunch of spoiled brats. Do you ever catch yourself like I do ordering God around? God, I come before you today and I tell you this is what I want you to do for me. How many of our prayers sound that way? God, here's my list. Here, put this on your prayer list, Pastor. And we go to God in prayer and it's a prayer list and it's, it's a list of do's for God. God, here's the list of the things I want you to do and we start ordering God around and God is saying, if, if you would be what I want you to be, then I will do what you're wanting me to do. But when you become what God's wanting you to become, it becomes easier to accept the fact that God is working everything good at His time in your life. And so where we, where we get is into this point where we're saying, God, do it this way and that way. And the, the process simply requires the development of things like endurance and faithfulness. Faithful to endure temptation. Able to endure the afflictions of life. A great example of the process is, is found in the life of Jesus. I've, I've been looking at this for the last several days and I've been studying on this and I've been looking at it and it's nothing new. It's things I've known. I've just seen some new revelation that's come out to me as, in, as I've studied these passages there's a great example of the process that is found in the life of Jesus. We read all about him at his birth. 
We read all about his miracles, but between his birth and the beginning of his ministry at 30 years of age, we read about him in one little glimpse. One day in his life between an infant and starting his ministry at 30, we read one little glimpse when he is a, an adolescent, 11, 12 years old, and he is in the temple blowing the minds of the religious leaders of that day. Now, I understand that we're dealing with the fact that Jesus was God. Jesus was God manifest in the flesh. So let's never put ourselves in that category, but let's, let's look at what Jesus was doing between that time. It's amazing that as a child he comes out and he blows the mind of these, uh, baffles the minds of, of these religious leaders and scholars as he is explaining things to them. And then he goes off the scene again and you don't hear about him for another 19 years. But then at 30 he shows up again and so I always wondered what is it, what, what can we learn about that that span of time in the life of Jesus. And here is all we know about that we find in Luke 2 and 52. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Can I break that down for you? Jesus was growing up. He was studying and he was winning the favor of people and the favor of God. In other words, even Jesus had to submit to the process that was designed for his life. So if you and I are going to ever see the promise, we must submit to pay the price and endure the process. Because God is more than able to give us the promise. And so the price is, he wants to know, I think this was a, a, a code word that we kind of used around the church at the beginning of this year when I would ask, how bad do you want it? Whatever it is you want from God, how bad do you want it? In other words, are you willing to go after it? Are you willing to pray? Are you willing to fast? Are you willing to seek God? Are you willing to worship? Are you willing to evangelize? Are you willing whatever it is that God is wanting you to do? Are you willing to go after it? How bad do you want it? There's the price. The process is another thing because in the process Are you ready for this? In the process is where we deal with the pain. Now, the last time I was in the hospital, it was the first time I was in the hospital. It's the only time I've been in the hospital. But in a couple of doctor visits, the doctors asked me the same thing. And it must be, he, the doctor asked me, he said, are you a long-distance runner? And I'm thinking it's because he looked at my physique. And 
And he was blown away, and he's thinking, look, I'm a long-distance runner. And I looked at him, and I said, you are a doctor? Did you graduate college? Two plus two is four. Now, I, I decided a couple of times that I was going to get in shape, so I went to the gym for a day or two. And I worked out with weights. Those things are heavy. <laughs> and I tell you, I wouldn't mind going to the gym a little bit. I struggle with the time and all that. But I'm going to tell you something. That day after I work out, and the day after that, it's even worse. When my body hurts, my muscles are sore. But now, if you ever push through that, they say, Then on the other side of that pain is a reward. Now, what I'm trying to get through to you today is understanding that the process that God takes some of us through, every one of us goes through different processes. And the reason is, is because God's got a different promise in store for all of us. And if we all went through the same process and the pastor could sit down and just write a book and say, here, this is for all of you. It's going to fit in all of your lives, A, B, C, and D. This is exactly how you go through it. But the issue is, is we have all these personalities and all these promises and all these goals and all these agendas and all these hang-ups and all these struggles. And the Lord's trying to work so much out of us. You know, I see people wear those T-shirts. I've never worn one. But it says... Pain is only weakness leaving the body. These big athletic guys walking around. Never, never dared to wear one. But do you know that sometimes the pain that you go through in life, the struggle, the hardship, the things you're dealing with, the things that frustrate you every day of your life, may be the process that God is allowing you to go through because he's trying to work some things out of you? Do you know some of the things that frustrate you and I? Can I preach to me for a little bit this morning? Some of the things that frustrate you and I, that God is working on them because he's trying to work frustration out of us? Some of the things that we worry about in life, God is allowing us to go through them because he's trying to work worry out of us and replace it with faith. He's trying to, to work the frustration out of us and, and teach us to learn just to trust him and depend on him. And so we have, to, we have to go through the pain that comes with this process that we go through and because God is developing and from that something good could really happen. Let me ask those of you that's ever been through a trouble, a trial, a test. Maybe you've lost a loved one. Maybe you've dealt with a, a terminal illness. I know I'm speaking to some of you this morning because there's some here today that I know have been diagnosed with severe disease, terminal illness, and God's healed you. 
And some of you that have received miracles and you thought, man, this is the end, but you've, you've gotten through this thing. As I'm talking to you about this this morning, some of you that are in the middle of that, as you are going through those things, somebody comes along and tries to encourage you. And, and they, they're speaking words and you're looking at them and in your mind you're thinking, what do you know about this? You've never been through this. But let somebody that's ever been through it come and talk to you. All of a sudden, you're like, yeah, tell, so how was it? And did you really recover? And did you really go through it? If you've never been through divorce and you try to talk to somebody that is trying to recover from divorce, somebody comes along and they speak to them, somebody that's been abused, somebody that's been through, uh, that, that's, that's lost somebody dear to them, when somebody else comes along and says, I know what it's like. When I lost my mother 17, 18 years ago, I, I came to, uh, to, to the understanding that I have the ability to be able to speak to people that are in similar situations because I don't understand the pain from a book learning point of view. I've walked down that road. I've experienced it. I've been through it. And through the pain, God developed something in me to be able to help somebody that is going through the same pain so I can speak into your life from the experience and talk about the recovery and talk about the time and talk about the process. I, I can't tell you what it's like in the physical aspects of overcoming drug addiction, but I can tell you what it's like to have somebody turn their back on you and walk away from you. I can talk to you about some of the pain of, 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 of being sitting in another room and hearing somebody talk against you and it's somebody that you respected and loved. I can talk to you about the pain of losing a mother. I can talk to you about some struggles in life, I, some things that I'm qualified to speak on because of the experiences. I didn't understand it when I was going through it. But the process that God has you going through when you're feeling like, God, I don't know if I can take anymore. Why don't you just take this off of me? He's saying if you'll submit to the pain of the process, I'm going to bring you through to the promise of what I have for you down the road. But you're going to have to be willing to understand I'm not killing you. I am preparing you. And so through the pain of the process, God is preparing us that he may be able to take us to the promise. One of the most popular stories in scripture in somebody being and doing for God is a man by the name of Moses. Anybody ever heard of Mo? He was on the backside of a Midian desert when God finally got his attention by striking a bush on fire and the thing is burning, but it's not being consumed. A voice booms out of heaven and says, take your shoes off, you're standing on holy ground. That was weird stuff. Talk about God getting your attention. A bush is on fire, not being consumed. Moses steps aside to hear the voice of God. And God calls him to a job that Moses feels like is greater than him because it was beyond his natural ability. 
Can I get a witness? If what God is calling you to be does not seem like it is out of your reach, it's probably not what God's calling you to. Because what God is calling you to be or God is calling you to do is going to require an element of faith that means it is greater and bigger than what your capabilities are. I'm trying to help somebody today. It was beyond Omo's natural ability. He saw himself as a shepherd. How could he go before Pharaoh and speak to Pharaoh? He's, he's not an ambassador. He's not one that is ready to walk before Pharaoh and speak on behalf of God for God's people. He's a shepherd. He talks to sheep. He doesn't talk to world leaders. And so Moses did exactly what I do. He made excuses for why he couldn't do what God was calling him to do. Am I alone in this? So the Lord said, hey, got a job for you. And he responds, who am I? I'm nobody. I can't do this. He's not going to listen to me. Who am I to go before somebody so powerful and so prestigious as the Pharaoh, the ruler of the most powerful nation on earth at that time? And the Lord said, oh, you're afraid about going by yourself? I, I didn't have in mind for you to go by yourself. I wouldn't ask you to do something and send you alone. I'm going to go with you. It didn't matter how insignificant Moses was or Moses felt or how powerful the Pharaoh was. The one that made the heavens and the earth said, you go and I'm going with you. Yeah. What a promise. If we understood that what God is calling us to be and God is calling us to do, that he's saying, I'm, no, I'm never going to leave you nor forsake you, but I'm going to be with you always. I'm going to be with you. Why don't you just take the step of faith and stop arguing with God? And so when that wasn't enough, he's like, hey, God, you go ahead and go. I'm going to stay here. I don't have any authority. God tells, now here is, here is Moses telling God the way things are. It's like this. Oh, God, if you knew what I was going through right now. God, these people are all so terrible. My boss is so terrible. Oh, wait a minute. That's you, isn't it? See? So he says, I have no authority. And God says, you go under the authority of, of me. When you get there, you tell him I am has sent you. He's going to know who I am. We think we can't do things when G Jesus said in the context of the Great Commission, which is reaching the lost. 
Jesus said to go in my name. Once again, wrapped in a statement, in my name is the authority and the power. Ladies and gentlemen, here's what I'm trying to get across to us today. Whatever it is that God is calling you to be and God is calling you to do, you must go in the name of Jesus because you don't have the authority nor the ability, but God says, I'll go with you and you can go in my name. In my name they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. In my name. And so the third excuse Moses makes, he says, He's not going to believe me when I speak. And so then God says, look, I will convince the people. He turns a rod into a serpent. He makes a hand leprous. He turns water into blood. I mean, it was like a magic show. And the purpose of the miracle was to convince the people who wanted to be free and a leader who was wanting to hold them captive that God really was speaking. Can I tell you that the reason that God shows up at Christian Life Church and miracles happen in this house is because God is trying to convince somebody that doesn't have faith to stand on the authority of the Word of God on every area of their life? But you know how we treat it? Woohoo! Somebody got their healing. Let's all clap our hands. It's over. I'm not going to be anything more than what I've been. But God is trying to convince you, look what I just did. I just reached down from the portals of heaven and gave you a miracle. And if I can do that, I can do anything that you need in your life. Take you anywhere I need to take you. Perform anything in your life. But you just must allow me to work through you. Every miracle is done for a purpose not just to make us feel good and to give him a hand clap. And these signs shall follow them that believe. And so the fourth thing, if I don't hurry, I'm going to do what I did Wednesday night. So the fourth thing, he, he finally breaks it down and he says, look, I have a speech impediment. And the Lord says, Oh, really, Moses? I didn't know that about you. In other words, he's saying, I am incapable of doing what you asked me to do. Or in context of my message this morning, I'm incapable of being what you want me to be. I talked to somebody the other day, and they were under conviction and they said, well, I would come back to church and would live for God, but I wouldn't make it but about two months and I'd backslide again. I said, why is that? They said, because I know me. I said, but you don't know God. You can on your own, but with God you can do anything you set your mind to, anything you have the faith for. What I'm trying to do today is encourage somebody to understand that somebody says, well, I'd serve God, but I have this addiction. That addiction's greater than you are, but it's nothing for God. Well, I'd serve God, but you know, man, I don't know. It's really hard. You will never do it on your own, but God will do it through you, and it'll be no problem for God. 
And so he's saying, God, I'm incapable. I wonder what feats that Moses could have attributed to his own records if Moses could have seen himself becoming what God actually wanted him to become. I wonder what you what would be said of you and I in the end of our lives if we truly got a grasp on what God is wanting us to be and we got our focus off of what we are wanting to do or God is wanting us to do and we started saying look when I become what God wants me to become I'll be able to do what God wants me to do because it is not within my power but if we would really allow the process of God to begin to work and when we dealt with pain we understood that it was God moving us toward the process if we would really get into the mode of recognizing that God will not call you to something he will not call you to be something or call you to do something that he will not give you the ability to do why would God call you to something if he was not going to give you the ability to do it because we can do nothing in of ourselves So I pose this question to you again this morning. If you had no hindrances, what would you be? What would you be for God? What would you become by His power? I attended a John Maxwell seminar and they had us write down on a piece of paper if you were not limited by anything and... and, and you had no limits. You don't have to think about time and money and all the above. And what you would like to become in your life and through your life. Now, I'd like to, you, you to write down some things. I'd like for you to write your own eulogy. What would you like to be said about you in the end? What could be said about you? What would your spiritual state be? What would your life really look like? What would you really become for God? My question that I'm posing to you today is to shake us into reality, to understand you cannot do it on your own. But by God's help, we can be anything that you hear God calling you or nudging you to be. And so when you look at life and say, man, there's a lot of things. Somebody may say, well, I, you know, I'm a little over the hill. Well, I am too, but I'm not done. Because you know what? we run faster over the hill than we did up the hill. Well, now wait a second here. I was younger. I could move faster. Yeah, but I know what. Yeah, I, I pulled a wagon all the way from the other side of the park over here last night, and I'm going to tell you something. It was a lot easier to pull that wagon downhill than it was uphill. So just because you feel like, oh, well, I've lived these years. Let me tell you something. When you get in the flow of what God is wanting you to do, there's something else I noticed yesterday. Pulling a wagon through grass is much harder than pulling it on pavement. And wisdom has taught us some things in life. Don't just think that the only people that God can develop to do something with is going to be our young people or the youth class. Come on, adults. God can still develop some things in us. We're not done being what God wants us to be. We're not done accomplishing what God wants us to accomplish. We've got to recognize, hey, God is calling me to do something and be more than I've ever been. Come on, let's do more than we've ever done because we will be more than we've ever been. 
I'm closing. Cheryl, come give them hope. If nothing held you back from your full potential, what would you be? Are you willing to pay the price, whatever the cost? Are you willing to sacrifice even your own life to see it happen? What could you be? If pride didn't get in our way and we worried about what somebody was going to think, well, what are they thinking? Who cares what they're thinking? If fear didn't get in our way, if doubt didn't get in our way and unbelief, what is it today that prevents you from being all that you could be and doing all that you could do for the Lord? Because whatever it is, we need to lay it at the foot of the Lord today. And we need to say, God, help me to overcome this obstacle that's preventing me from being what you want me to be. Is it an obstacle of sin? Is it an obstacle of self? Is it an obstacle of others? Is it lifestyle? Is it attitude? Is it self-centeredness? Is it the lack of concern? The lack of focus? What could we be? Could you perhaps become the greatest prayer warrior that this church has ever, has ever had? Could you become the greatest soul winner that this church has ever had? Me? You're talking about me? I don't even know how to teach a Bible study yet. I'm talking to you. You're talking to me? I can't even pray 10 minutes without not knowing what to say. Yeah, I'm talking to you. When we become what we can become, we are placing ourselves in a position to where God can then say, now I will work through you and use you. The responsibility of what you become is not on the shoulders of the people that are around you. Not on my shoulders. The truth is, is it's not even on God's shoulders. He's calling you to be. And now he's saying it's up to you. I close with this thought today. This church is going to become whatever we want it to become. What kind of church do we want this to be? Do we want this? Do we want the God has given us blessings and revival and souls and 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 buildings and incredible things? But could we stop this morning and look and say, is this what we want to be said about the church? What do we want the history of this church to be 50 years from now if God tarries? What do we want the history of this church to be? Are we making it what we feel God is wanting it to be? Paul said in 1 Corinthians, the ninth chapter, that a dispensation of the gospel is committed to me. What would happen if we took the responsibility like the Apostle Paul who said a dispensation of the gospel is committed to me? What if we stood in that gap and we took that on ourselves and we truly said a dispensation of the gospel is the future of this church is, is, has been committed to me and being what my family has been committed to me and what they become is up to, it's up to me. We've got to get past who we are if we're going to be what God wants us to be. Would you stand with me this morning?
I don't want to belabor the point. I feel my message has been clear to you this morning. But God is calling us to be more than we've ever been because He wants us to do more than we've ever done. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed in the room today. Some of us today perhaps have been approaching life and saying, I can't, I don't have abilities. We're playing the part of Moses as God is speaking into our life. Maybe we think we're too old. We're not talented enough. We don't have abilities. And the Lord is saying most of those things would be true if it wasn't for me. But what God is wanting to do in your life would blow your mind if you would just submit to his process and his plan, his purpose. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed as they begin to sing softly in the background. Is the Lord speaking to somebody's heart today? Maybe somebody that hasn't been walking with the Lord because you think that you don't have the ability to really walk with the Lord. You think this life would be too difficult for you. You'd never be able to, to make it. God's speaking to you this morning. He's saying, come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. You can't do it on your own. I'll do it for you. I'll do it with you. I'll do it through you. But God's calling you today to be what, to be what he wants you to be. The altars are open today. Maybe, child of God, you have been resisting what God is calling you to be. Would you like to step out today and make a commitment to the Lord and say yes to the Lord? I, I will submit to you, Lord. I want to be what you want me to be, Lord. I'll say yes, yes, yes. Lord, I agree. Say yes to the Lord today. Say yes to the Lord today. I will be what you call me to be. I'll say yes. Lord, I agree. My Come on, just say it like this. I'll say yes to your will and your way, Lord. 